Girls Who Product tells the stories of amazing women to inspire others to follow their path in the product area. This project is supported by Zalando. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Season 3 of Girls Who Product podcast. My name is Teresa and I will be your host today. Girls Who Product is a series of interviews with women that have been able to beat the ceiling and become successful makers, entrepreneurs and agents of change. Our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower more people to get into product roles. Our guest today is Sabrina Shapka. Uh, Sabrina is co-founder of Product Professionals and strongly believes that continuous learning is key to surpass, uh, surpass oneself. Within product roles at huge corporations like BMW AG and Daimler uh, Mobility AG, as well as generally um, lean organizations, organizations such as Autoscout24, she follows her passion to motivate, empower and lead product teams for more than seven years. This year, uh, Sabrina will be one of the Productized Conference online speakers, um, but mm -hmm. I will let you introduce yourself. Welcome, Sabrina. Um, Thank you, Sabrina. Hi. Where, where are you from, Sabrina? Um, well, I'm from Germany, originally from um, a city closer to Berlin, but I moved to Munich and since then I'm actually living here and I'm very happy in Munich. Great. Uh, so let's start uh, from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. Before you, you entered the adult world and after finishing your course, you traveled to mm -hmm. Southeast Asia, Asia and Australia for six months. Was that a gap year? Um, well, I always love traveling. Um, I still do. So whenever I can, I'm on the road somewhere or flying somewhere. So I really love exploring new things and especially new countries. Um, so I decided to um, do, yeah, kind of a um, take some time off after my master studies um, because I didn't do it after a school like many many people do it. Um, but I haven't done it, so I decided to, yeah, before moving into the serious world, um, yeah, to just get some inspiration, just get my head free, and then really uh, go into this adult's world, as you mentioned it, uh, with new energy and completely free in my head to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, knowing, knowing new cultures, having contact with different people, and, and knowing how to take advantage of those moments are undoubtedly an added value for the for the integration of a team too for example uh yeah absolutely what, yeah what, what do you think should should young people do gap years well yes i think so whenever you have time to do it and uh, unfortunately so far i haven't done it for example in between um jobs if you change uh, your positions or jobs but i would highly recommend whenever you have the chance and the possibility to do it just take maybe three months or even two or something like that off uh, to just get your head free as I said again um, just get some new impressions um, yeah get to know new cultures and there were many things that I learned uh, along my travels uh, for example to always um, or not to stress and freak out if something doesn't work out well yeah or just be very adaptable um, and flexible with situations you will always encounter situations when you're traveling that you couldn't foresee you meet people which uh, whose language you don't understand you um, are exploring landscapes and villages or whatever that you didn't know before you try fruits and food you haven't seen before so all of these things um, really teach you how to deal with people how 
to communicate, but also about yourself, like not to, as I said, not to stress out and just be relaxed about uncertain situations. Yeah, really, really nice. And did you feel the need to figure out what you wanted to follow or did you just always know what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't know always what I wanted. So um, I still think that the more you go along your own way, you figure out what you want. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of having plans and planned out everything. I used to do that also with traveling, for example, um, but I stopped doing it just because um, there are so many factors that, um, yeah, that come into play that you couldn't foresee uh, that then change your path. And this is um, also how I deal today with um, like know, knowing what you want. Yeah, so you should have a goal and you should know r roughly where you want to head to, but still the path can be diverse and different so just move with how you feel like how mm, what what is fun for you and where you feel comfortable with yeah we, we understand here that you are a determined person and a determined <laughs> woman and during during your master's studies you focused on marketing and consumer consumer behavior has majors and do you think a product manager should have some kind of background in marketing or management? Um, well, I think that, or I'm always saying that there are a hundred ways to jump into product management and another hundred ways to thrive in it. Yeah, so there's a sweet spot for everyone. So I would say you don't necessarily have to have knowledge in a very certain field just to be successful in a product role. Um, and I guess like everyone with this very individual background can add something to be successful in a product role. So if you are um, an engineer by, um, by background, then you have maybe a very, very good technical understanding which will help you along your way. For me, it was, I guess, with marketing and also business um, administration to have like this sense for customers, for how they think, this empathy and of course, that is one of the main and most important aspect of being a product manager, of having empathy with your customer, right? So um, that's why, of course, something like marketing or um, what I did, like consumer behavior, um, helps a lot to get faster and quicker into that thinking of um, what might my customer need. But at the end of the day, I guess everyone finds his sweet spot and with whatever background you have, you can be a really good product manager. Because from an, an early age, uh, you were interested in the subject of human behavior analysis and to think of the user first to, to achieve a successful product. So you, you like behavioral economics from an early age, as I said, but this course didn't, didn't uh, exist at the time when you started your career. Uh, what do you think were the key moments that made you decide you wanted to be a product manager? Yeah, so actually when I started my first job, um, which was actually at um, Autoscot24, um, I joined as a marketing trainee. So I went into the uh, CRM and relationship um, and brand marketing role. Um, so and my responsibility there was to basically communicate and market here the ready product the product that was already made and you just just 
communicated uh, to the customer. But I found out very quickly through the very close cooperation and collaboration with our uh, product department back then that I was actually interested in a step before that. So um, how did it come that this product was developed in the first place? What are the needs of our customers? Why are we as a company building such a product um, at first? And this is how I got more and more into that product thinking and also um, into more collaboration with the product department. And then finally um, got a role in product management. And since then, this is really what I'm uh, thriving into yeah, to really be involved from the very first moment, from finding the problem, finding a solution, and then providing something valuable to the customer. Because uh, d during your journey, you also left Munich to, to work at Daimler Mobility AG. What mm -hmm. was the biggest change for you and what did you learn differently? Yeah, so um, that was actually a very, very big change because coming from a company that was purely digital, so, yeah, like an um, online marketplace platform. Um, I moved into a huge corporate group with um, 200,000 um, employees in total, global, um, a product that was not only digital anymore, but also had like this hardware component, which is the vehicle. And um, a lot of things that I learned before just didn't work anymore. For example, um, the age I thinking of fail fast, succeed faster. You can't just do MVPs in a vehicle. So just imagine uh, there's a product manager who has this fail fast, succeed faster mentality in a vehicle. You don't want to drive this one. So um, you have to be very sure that what you're building is the right thing. And you need to find other ways to test your ideas, for example. Um, so it's not just a online platform anymore where you can also just push the reset button and roll something back so when something goes wrong first of all you really bring your customer into danger because he's driving a vehicle um, and also it's just not that easy to roll something back if something fails so these were learnings um, that I took that all the things I learned throughout all these years um, regarding also agility just probably don't work anymore. Um, and another thing that I learned is that networks are super important. Um, because in a smaller company, you naturally are involved and collaborate with a lot of people. You naturally meet the sales guys, the marketing guys, and everyone. And at some point in time, you kind of know the whole company. But it's not the case in such a corporate group world. So you really have to... Um, actively extend your network and use it and take shortcuts. Because if I was the one to learn and understand everything in this whole company, it wouldn't have worked. So uh, the solution I found is to take someone who went down the road before me, take someone like a co-pilot, someone who can show me the shortcuts, who can tell me why things are as they are. So I save time and energy to figure it out all by myself. And this is something... Um, I really valued and I can recommend to everyone who is new to a project, to a team, to a company, to a new culture, to don't hesitate to ask and really grab someone who is very experienced in the company, who knows people, who can introduce you to the right people and who can explain you how this whole thing works. 
yeah. And since we, we were talking about digital products, uh, products, uh, Joana Mora asked uh, how to become a digital product manager. I think you you have asked, um, answered yet, uh, yet, but if you want to to say something about it. How to become a digital product manager? Yeah. Um, well, again, I think there's um, a way into product management in general for everyone. Yeah. So even if you um, are maybe um, in another position, like you're a UX person or you're an engineer or whatever, and you feel like, okay, this part of business or understanding customers is more like what I'm looking for or what um, is of fun for me or what I would love to work on. Um, then don't hesitate and shy away to go into that. And with digital products, I guess, um, yeah, it's just the same as with every other job. Yeah, you can just, um, yeah, look out for, for companies that you, that you, or products that you actually use yourself, that you um, are kind of, for which you have an affinity to use. And then, yeah, and just go and, don't don't shy away and don't underestimate yourself especially yeah and backing uh, to the to the other question about cars and about daimler mobility uh, do you think car german manufacturers are afraid of tesla how do you see this catch-up game yes so tesla is a very special um car maker i would say just because um I mean, a lot of people try to make these comparisons between German car manufacturers and Tesla. Um, and I guess one of the biggest uh, differences is that Tesla doesn't have a lot of legacy. They're very new. They are not existing for 100 years. They don't have, um, like Daimler, for example, um, 300,000 uh, employees. And um, also they have a very specific um, product, which is only electric cars, whereas Daimler, but also BMW, they have a very huge um, range of um, vehicles in very different um, different sectors and customers. So this is something you really have to take into account when comparing Tesla to German car manufacturers. And I guess this is also, of course, on the one hand, their success factor, why they are so fast, why they are so um, aggressive in terms of um, having the newest technology for electric cars and for customers. And also their customers are a bit different. These are uh, the first movers, the ones who want to belong to a certain kind of um, crowd, yeah, to the Tesla crowd and the first movers. And they the customers are fine with um, making mistakes by Tesla. They um, they are not very, um, yeah, they, they don't mind if something is not 100% fine. And it's totally different for BMW or Mercedes. Just imagine a 60-year-old a man who was driving a BMW his whole life. They have a certain um, standard and quality expectation. And this is totally different also for Tesla and I think you need to match like those kind of situations where both of these car manufacturers are in and uh, that's very different but yes nevertheless they are very successful and German car manufacturers have to take that into account they have to be very cautious 
um, of what is going on there. So yes, they should watch out and be careful, yeah, sure. Yeah. Talking a little bit more about you and projects that you have been uh, developing and are part of your personality, uh, you have a product management, uh, management blog called Product mm -hmm. Stories. Uh, do you want to tell us a, a little bit about this project? Why did you start it? Sure. So, yes, I, I always actually love to try out new things, new met methodologies, and I always love the exchange with others to um, get more inputs and um, get ideas of what you can try out. And at some point in time, I felt that I don't, or I, I need to um, structure all that information, organize it in a way so that I can <clears throat> look it up um, like a little library for myself. And that was actually how I came up with this blog uh, with product stories to just um, write down my own experiences, um, things, methodologies, but also um, trends in digitalization and whatever is there to, um, yeah, to just structure that information and to keep it at one place and to look it up whenever I need it and take it out as some advice. And I also just liked, I mean, I'm, I'm one, I'm a person who is uh, looking on other blogs and conferences and I'm reading a lot. Um, so I was thinking, okay, if I can share my experiences with others and it might help them, so why not? So I don't need this library just for my own, but um, I share it with a blog for others as well, and then um, everyone benefits from it. Yeah, and was it from the blog that you started your second product professionals project? How did it come about? Yeah. So that was actually um, together with my partner, um, Tobias, who is um, also co-founder of Product Professionals. Um, out of our necessity or pain, actually, more or less, um, whenever we visited product trainings um, or conferences or something like that, we felt that there are some parts missing. Um, lots of conferences or trainings uh, provide mainly um, theoretical, theoretical knowledge, but then if you go back into the company and you apply that knowledge to your team or um, for just for yourself, um, you often get stuck because the world that you learned in this seminar is not the same as the actual real world. Every team is different, every organization is different. So um, that's how we came up with product professionals, to provide everyone and not only, and that's why it's also product professionals and not product managers or something, so everyone who is who has a role related to product management, engineers, designers, UX researchers, whatever, um, to have basically three pillars um, if they want to move into product management or want to thrive in it, which is this theoretical base of providing a certification where you learn all methodologies, um, theoretical knowledge, but also hands-on experiences and exercises how to apply those methodologies in your product work. And then um, the second pillar of our courses is coaching. So we don't want um, the graduates to be left alone with what they learn. So if they go back into their companies, they should have time to apply what they learned, try it out. And if they get stuck or if they want to have feedback, we are there. We have um, a great um, team of coaches who have like 
I would say, superpowers, each of them. For example, insured tech or mobility or AI or UX or design. Um, and whenever someone is um, stuck at what they've learned, what they wanted to implement, um, we can just take one of our coaches and very individually um, teach and work together with the uh, participant to, um, to move along and to apply what they've learned. And the third pillar is uh, career development, because this is also something we personally miss every time, um, that whenever you do such a course or a certification or a training, um, you actually do it for a reason. Either you want to develop yourself or you want to maybe make the next move or you maybe want to change in your current position. Um, but again, there is no one really after those trainings who is supporting you in that, who is working or going together with you this way and shows you like how can you take or use what you've just learned to go for further in your career and your development. And this is the, the last pillar, the career development, where we really um, support everyone who graduated to, um, yeah, to thrive and maybe make the next move. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm sure a lot of people after this interview will want to know more. Uh, <laughs> you can check the, the website or contact Sabrina directly. We have put the links on our chat. Uh, this year, you will be one of the productized online conference speakers talking mm -hmm. about do an internship as your customer while listening to customers isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Who is this talk for? Why should people sign up? Yeah, so what I experience for myself is whenever um, we as product managers are talking about customer experience, for example, um, we actually only consider a little part of our product. When we are doing user interviews, we, to be honest, only talk about a very small part of the whole customer journey. Um, and we only consider uh, slices of that. And I figured out that this is not enough because if you, or as product managers in general, we um, just do not eat our own dog food often enough. Um, so we just test a little bit bits and pieces of our product, but not the whole journey. And this is what this talk is about, to, um, to figure out what is actually missing if you are only listening to customers, which is, for example, to give a sneak preview. <laughs> um, what you're missing out is the context and the situation and the feeling that people have um, if they are using your product. For example, if you are a, um, a travel booking platform, and you are, as a product manager, responsible for the booking page only, then it happens very often that those product managers just test their booking website where they, where customers click on, okay, buy and book this flight or hotel. But the whole journey is much longer. People are researching where they want to go to. They find hotels and flights, compare and all of that. And maybe even if they, after they booked, um, they maybe have troubles and they need to contact customer service. And these are things we do not really consider. And this is um, why listening is just not enough, why we should eat our own dog food more often. And in this talk, I provide some solutions how to do that and um, how to use the results you get out of that to be or to, to create a better customer experience at the end. Yeah. So 
you that are listening to us don't miss this opportunity to learn more about these topics as well. You get 20% off buying a ticket for this year Productize conference or workshop. You just have to enjoy the Girls of Product 20 code. And Sabrina, because you are always putting the why before everything you do, do you feel that this also implies your daily routine? Do you think too much about the actions you take or are you more relaxed about it? Yeah, I would say I do not think like um, about everything that I'm doing every day. Um, as I said, what, or as I mentioned in the beginning, for example, traveling taught me not to plan too much and to stay very flexible and um, adaptable with whatever uh, you encounter. Um, so that's why, that's why, yeah, the key is, that's why I think the key is really not to, to plan, but really have an objective, have an idea where you want to go to. Um, but then how you get there and how your way or your path is going, stay flexible with that, because otherwise you get um, stubborn on an idea or you might miss out opportunities. And this is also why I do not plan everything. And yes, I, I do not think through every step I make or um, every decision I take. Yeah. And as for inspiration, other than books and podcasts, where do you get uh, inspiration for your work? Yeah, so um, to be honest, my by now I use my LinkedIn feed uh, very much. Um, and I really like it because uh, because of all the connections you have with all those people who share articles, who share uh, maybe interesting thoughts and ideas. Um, and also the um, companies, for example, that I follow um, are a source of great inspiration for me because uh, most of them are not always related to product management. And this is very important for me to get also um, sources and inspiration um, from topics that are not 100% related to product management because it's very important, I guess, to look beyond your own uh, horizon and not to fish always in your own uh, see, um, but yeah, take a look beyond that. And this is um, something that gives me a lot of inspiration from other people, what they think, how they approach things, even though they are maybe not product managers. Yeah. And what do you, cons do you consider to be the greatest passion in your, in your work? Um, so what I really love about being a product manager is to see how customers also evolve together with your product. Um, for example, what I mean by that is if you, um, the most famous example, the iPhone. So this was something the customers or people didn't even know they have a problem with, but it was a product that changed their lives completely. Um, and maybe the products we are working on are not that life-changing right now it could be but that's not the point the point is really to see how you can create a value for customers or for people um, and remove a problem that they were maybe not even aware that they had this problem um, and this is something i really love about the job to see um, or to create something valuable for someone who didn't even know that they had um, maybe an issue with something um, and to see like the customers grow into that and go along or grow together with your product. Yeah. We are almost done. 
I would like to, to ask you one more question from my part because then I will let uh, our audience participate as well. This right on our chat or Q&A. Um, Sabrina, you mentioned that a career is not planned. Uh, what advice do you have for anyone starting a career in this area or that want to start from the beginning? And by the way, is BMW hiring for product roles? <laughs> <laughs> so they're always hiring. So you, I guess you can always uh, check out for some interesting um, open positions. Um, so yeah, as mentioned, I would say don't have a plan, but have a goal. So I'm, I'm always saying you should know where you want to go to. Um, and create some kind of your own personal North Star, your career North Star maybe. Um, that co should consist of your purpose, meaning like what is your passion, where is your heart at, and what are you thriving for from like an inner point of view. But then also what is your um, desired, let's say, state of awesomeness, Yeah, meaning like where do you see in terms of a particular position, for example, you product or UX research expert or whatever. Where do you see yourself in, um, in let's say, five years or maybe ten years? And then if you combine those two things together with your values, so what is important for yourself? Um, and when I'm saying that, I mean things like um, everything that's related to the work and the job you are doing, for example, work-life balance, um, maybe salary, the job title, um, your own aspirations, like everything that counts in, uh, what is important here? And if you take those three things together, you will find your way and you will always uh, move forward and can adapt the next move according to come closer to your personal, let's say, career North Star. So that would be, that would be my advice to be clear of what you where you want to go to and where you want to head to, um, but be flexible on how to get there. Okay, thanks, Sabrina. We have now open time for, for questions. Uh, actually, we have now one question for, from Luis Frias, and he asks, how do you see the future of assisted AI driving? Um, yes, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to come. Um, it's more than time that, uh, that we have something like that. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure and I know and we see it that um, car manufacturers um, and also other um, companies like Google, for example, with Waymo, um, they are working on that. So it's definitely going to come. And I think this could be uh, the next kind of iPhone, you know, revolution um, uh, yeah, revolution part of humanity because um, if, if if we have these self-driving and autonomous vehicles, um, it would change our life entirely. That will be a new era of how we um, of how mobility is defined and where we live and how we live and how we move and um, all of those things. So I'm I'm personally looking forward to it. And I'm really excited to um, have my own first <laughs> at some point. And Stella is asking, how is being a product manager in automotive industry different, different from other industries? Yes, yeah, so um, I would say the one of the biggest differences is but it's maybe true for a lot of huge corporate groups that are um, very traditional 
um, businesses maybe that come from a very um, offline world <laughs> product, for example, um, that you have a lot of complexity. So just imagine a car, as I said, is not just a digital product, not only software, it's also a lot of hardware. And at the end of the day, all of these components have to work well together. None of them um, can be just half ready or um, are allowed to fail at some point in time. So the, the quality standards of each of those parts of a vehicle, software and hardware, has to be 100% fine and correct. And I guess this is one of the biggest, um, biggest challenges also when you work in those environments to yeah, to have to or to follow agile approaches at the same at the same time as um, being very, um, yeah, very hard on quality standards and to ensure that and to deal with this sheer complex system of hardware and software together on a global scale in such a huge uh, corporate group environment. Yeah, actually, we have uh, other questions re regarding to transportation in cars is from Miguel Diaz. Actually, Miguel is listening to us now. I'm going to invite you, uh, Miguel, to, to join us on the stage if you, if you want. Um, I'm, I'm going to try if you want to, to ask directly Sabrina. Hi, yeah, Miguel. I'm here. Hi, Miguel. Here. Hello there. Yeah, so um, I, wonder, I was wondering, um, uh, we are speaking, especially here in Portugal, a lot about uh, hydrogen and, uh, and the applicability of hydrogen fuel cells for transportation uh, and maybe also, maybe including cars. So do you have uh, any idea of this vision? Does it make sense? Uh, or is it uh, something very... Um, uh, into the future? Well, um, I mean, to be honest, this is not like my personal <laughs> uh, expertise and field okay. of profession. Um, however, I think there are, besides what we see today, like the traditional um, ways of um, yeah, fueling um, okay. and electro-mobility, I, I guess there are many, many other, um, or a lot of other uh, ways how to okay. how to deal with that, and one of them is uh, for sure hydrogen. And do you but see yeah. that? Do you see that happening in Germany, for example, or? Um... Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? To be honest, again, I'm I'm not so very deep into. Okay. Um, like the uh, research and development of those uh, fueling um, topics. However, uh, yes, I mean, you know, Germany has a very high standard again, yeah, and a lot of regulations, and there need to be a lot of um, standards met before uh, something can go or something can be developed. Um, but yeah, anyways, in general, of course, yeah, why not? Thank you. Thank you, yeah, thank Miguel. You. Mm -hmm. Um, Sabrina, we have another question. Mm -hmm. uh, is is from Rita Bandeira. Uh, what would you recommend to someone making a shift from project to product management? Um, so I think the the biggest change you probably have to do is your own mindset. 
because I often also felt that if or depending on which or in which kind of um, organization you're working in. So if they are very familiar with product managers, it shouldn't be a big problem. Um, I could imagine that if you are working in an environment where product management is quite young and you rather have many project managers and you want to move into product management, you maybe have to do some educational work with your colleagues and teams first. For yourself, I would say the biggest difference and a shift you have to make is to not only be the one who is planning and having roadmaps and the critical path and all these kind of things, but being more on the customer side, really thinking what um, what do customers need, what do they want, and um, going much more into this um, understanding and empathy part of um, customer needs and problems instead of just pushing a project forward um, for the sake of having it done. So that's, I guess, the, the biggest challenge and difference in project and product management um, to be really responsible for your customer and the product and not only for, let's say, the roadmap or the timeline and to get it done. Yeah, and uh, regarding data analysis, uh, could you share an example on how having a data analysis or science background can help in the product management career? Um, yes, so I think um, if you have a data analysis background, that would definitely help to um, not only analyze, of course, the customer data and insights that you get, um, but also have a feeling of how, and this is what's also one of the most important parts, right? Not only gather insight, but also measure them and measure them in the right way and being able to um, have the right interpretation for the results that you have. And if you have such a background and you're very good with numbers and data and know how to deal with this data, um, crunch the data to make insightful, um, uh, let's say, an in insightful communication out of that, that's a very very high benefit and I think a lot of product manager lack that ability to um, not only process data but then communicate it in a way that also other people understand it and if you are if you manage to transfer that ability of understanding numbers but then also communicate it in the right way to people that this is a very huge benefit for a product role yeah we, we could be talking about this uh all night, all night long. But yeah. unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our conversation. Uh, Sabrina, thank you for being with us today. It was really, really nice talking to you. Uh, thank this you. Year, yeah. Uh, this year, we will also count on Sabrina to participate in the Product Fest conference uh, with a very co uh, good talk that I already mentioned. Do an internship as your customer while listening to customers isn't enough. Don't forget that you can ask in advance and sign up our newsletter to, to get to know more. Uh, we just left a workshop given by EUE Group uh, called Mission Critical Design, UX for Extreme Environments. Uh, in this workshop, uh, EUE Group shared real, real examples how, of, how, they, uh, of how their agency solves heavy duty product design in mission-critical mission industries, such as medical, cybersecurity, and aerospace. And along the way, they conducted some exercise to introduce tools such as ideation, designing for key constraints, and creative research appro approaches. This is an important topic for any company and that a product manager should also be aware. 
and for you at home, we will be back in September with new episodes of Girls Who Product. Until then, check out our website and register for the next unmissable uh, workshops and stay tuned. Use your discount code Girls Who Product 20 to get your 20% discount, don't forget. And thanks again, Sabrina, to, to be with us today. Thank you all and have a, have a, have a good week. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye, Sabrina.